0: Welcome to Lucy Lumen's podcast adventure. Welcome back guys. So today's episode is very different to the usual adventures I share with you. This time I will be the one in the hot seat being asked the questions. Let me explain and give you some background first. So way back at the beginning of the channel, I put out a video about vinyl records and how music inspires my photography. I had a comment from a lovely gentleman over in Denmark named Christian. He shared his love for one of the records and ever since we have been in contact via email. Christian and his partner have recently picked up film photography and Christian often shares his photos with me, which I love and appreciate so much. Recently, he got in touch asking me if I would answer some questions for his latest uni project. I was very intrigued by the subject and Christian suggested it might make a cool podcast episode and I agree. So for some context, before we jump into the chat, here is a brief description from Christian himself on his current uni project. Art vs. Content, Photography Exhibition in Physical and Digital Spaces taking a close look at a museum exhibition of Diane Arbus's work and the analog photography YouTube space. My project is about the relationship between old and new ways of presenting photography, particularly how they each influence the way we behave around the work presented. During this, I try to ascertain the difference between art and content as broad terms that both cover a large variety of mediums, including photography – Are they related, in opposition to one another, or different ways of looking at the same thing? I'm also curious about the pressures associated with growing your channel, meeting audience expectations, and working with genre conventions in the analog YouTube space. Is the effect on creative output a positive, a negative, or something less black and white? Let's find out in this episode. Um, These kind of questions are something that I find really fascinating, and I really wanted to seize this opportunity to be able to really delve into the notion of this whole question of art versus content that that Christian poses. It's kind of a tricky one and we do talk a lot in this episode. Um, I'm sharing a lot of my thoughts. They're very off the cuff. Um, you know, whilst I have thought about it a lot, um, I'm also feeling not put on the spot, but just like I really wanted to share every thought that I've had about this so it is a longer episode more than normal but I really hope you enjoy this and um, you get something out of it and if you enjoy I'd love to hear from you so let's get into the episode with Christian.
1: So the first question is kind of basic um, and that is just how you how would you describe your own YouTube channel in in a sentence or two
0: Okay. All right. I did make some notes for this because it's always hard when somebody asks you to describe like your work or, you know, like what is your, you know, you're in a band. I was like, what does your band sound like? Or like stuff like that. It's really hard to answer. So um, I would say I have a, hopefully a fun, fresh, entertaining and inspiring look at analog photography um, and how I use film to make photographs and sharing my sharing my experience with film on YouTube, um, yeah, in a, in a fun way. Um, I purposely sort of avoid the camera reviews and texts and specs and I try and make it accessible to people and also, like, entertaining. So, yeah, I try and fill a gap on YouTube um, that, that I saw as a viewer of a lot of, you know, film photography-related content. So, yeah, th- those are words I'd use to describe my channel, um, and I hope that's how people perceive it, like, yeah, like fun and um, sort of easygoing and inspiring and, and, and motivating, and it makes them want to go out and shoot. Like, that's how I hope it makes people feel.
1: Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, because I, that's really useful because I've, I've just sat and writing uh, yesterday trying to describe what – Three different channels are all about, so it's really nice to hear. Um, how you describe it? And it it's, it's it aligns pretty much with how what I was writing yesterday. So that's useful.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, oh, cool. That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned like ha- how you've always kind of spoken against like elitist rhetoric or kind of um, mm. you know exclusionary rhetoric, and how you've always been Definitely. very engaged in. <clears throat> highlight, highlighting other female YouTubers, how that's always been an important thing, and uh, mm-hmm, taking definitely. viewer submissions and sharing like viewer comments and <clears throat> and photographs and stuff like that. Um, but sure, uh, yeah, the, but the project I'm writing is a lot about labels and different terms and how they kind of uh, collide or um, how they respond to each other. So the second question I have. Is that there's a lot of different labels that one could attach to you as a creator, or creator as one, uh, artist, photographer, creative, like as a noun, I hear a lot around the YouTube space, people you know mm-hmm. being a creative, uh, okay. content creator, YouTuber, podcast hosts. So I was just wondering which of those labels speaks to you the most and, and why.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of labels like that could be a, a possibility there for sure. Um, I feel like a lot of them are kind of like or can be a little bit like limiting. I think that's why people use the word creative because that kind of, you know, it's an umbrella term for like a lot of different things. Um, and I'm sort of like this might sound really f- strange, but I'm really hesitant to sort of call myself a photographer, I guess, because um, in my mind I see that as – Um, somebody who, yeah, who sort of devotes themselves just to photography or like they're a paid photographer or like maybe they're exhibited or, you know, um, like more sort of serious about it, I suppose. Whereas for me, photography is an extension of so many other things that I'm interested in. It's just that photography is the, the vehicle I've chosen or like the thing that I can do more than anything else probably because it's quite accessible like anybody can take a photo you know um as opposed to you know learning an instrument or I don't know like I can't paint or anything like that so photography for me is like you know you can pick it up and just take a photo um and then that allows me to sort of express myself creatively so yeah I don't really say like I'm a photographer very often and it doesn't occur to me to say that um but something like content creator, definitely. Like I align with that massively. uh, And I really love that side of photography. And in the last year that has just like given me so much and has really boosted my photography in the amount that I do it, like how much I enjoy it, like, you know, everything. So, um, I would say I'm like a creative content creator (laughs) you know like um content can be many things like you know people could be creating people create a lot of content on YouTube and it's like very dry or you know it's just information or you know what I mean like there's there's a lot of content on there um but I hope that my content is um yeah like more on the more creative side and is entertaining but you know also sort of inspiring and artistic so um, but if I had to, yeah, like I definitely lean more towards calling myself a content creator than a photographer. I suppose I don't know if that sounds really mm-hmm. crazy, but <clears throat> yeah, that's how no, feel. I think
1: I think that's interesting. I also, I think it's interesting that you're saying that a photographer gets exhibited, like because I'm I'm also analyzing a, a photography ex- exhibition by a famous uh, photographer called Diane Arbus who worked in the 60s and 70s. Um, So what I'm kind of hearing between the lines is that you don't consider showing – when you show a a photograph in your YouTube video, you don't consider that a kind of exhibition in a way?
0: Um, I mean, I suppose it is. You know, like you you could argue that it is for sure. Um, And and I'm by no means like putting anybody down – who takes their work really seriously and shares it on YouTube because I feel like I, I'm that person. Um, but there's different sort of like levels or not levels, but like, like I often I get a different feel from people who are really aspiring um, that for their work to be shown like in a gallery. And that's not something that I really aspire to. Like I would rather have more success on YouTube because I think that's reaching more people um, and it's more fun than, you know, like it kind of seems a little bit antiquated to be in a gallery now considering all of what we have at our fingertips. So um, so maybe what I mean is like this is a new way, like what I'm doing and what other people are doing, it's a new way of exhibiting your work um, or this is the new type of photographer you know this is the 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 online version of you know of Diane Arbus or you know all these other great people that you know were photographers before you know we had things like youtube um if if that, you, if that makes but sense but you don't
1: feel comfortable calling yourself a photographer though isn't that what you just said
0: um yeah like i yeah i i i don't think i'm a photographer because i'm not my um like my work isn't taking photos it's for like an artistic purpose um so like when i think of a photographer i think of um you know yeah like somebody who is like paid for their work or people you know they're like a household name or um or like you know somebody's like a wedding photographer and if i was in a conversation with people and they asked me what i did for work i would say i am a con- i'm a content creator like i have a podcast i have a youtube channel And I talk about like film photography, I talk about music and just sort of general like creative stuff. And they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Whereas somebody like Hashem from the Pushing Film channel um, uh, on on YouTube, he's like also Australian, like he would probably say he's a photographer because he does weddings, um, he does um, commercial work, he teaches photography like workshops. Do you know what I mean? So he's more kind of. Um, he's more of an authority in that space and he's earning his money from that. So um, I know there's a huge conversation to be had about like art and commerce and how they mix too. And I think probably me saying that maybe might like rub people the wrong way. I don't, I'm I'm not trying to take away photographer from anybody else. As in like, if somebody just takes photos for a hobby and they say they're a photographer, like I think that's great. And I think people should have that title for sure. Um, I just, for me personally, I just don't, like I just never, I don't find myself saying that. Like I would, I would jump to content creator, or I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel where I share my photography rather than photographer. Right. Just, I hope right. that makes sense. As the
1: primary thing, because
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's
1: like a bunch of other constant work practices going on with the filming mm. and talking to the camera and all of that stuff. And yes. I have a bunch of questions about that as well. But I was, yes. I think yeah, it was yeah. interesting what you said about. Uh, Reaching people because, like, a lot of um, a big deciding factor on how you reach people is this mysterious algorithm that I've been trying to read about, and even reading like academic articles about it. People still don't know how it works and how some people get more exposure than other people. And I know Mm -hmm. you've made a video yourself trying to kind of circumvent that thing you know recommending other youtubers in a video because they might not Mm -hmm. get seen as much so I was just wondering how how do you feel about this mysterious algorithm that's kind of a really huge (laughs) deciding factor of how much exposure you get I mean
0: Mm. is that scary
1: or is that just a fact of life you have to accept and
0: Mm. I think the algorithm like you say it's very mysterious and we're all trying to figure it out so we can, you know, like harness it. um, and people, you know, think they've they've figured it out, and then something else comes out, and it's like, oh no, this is what you have to do. So everybody's constantly scrambling for this next like hack of how to um, you know, ple- please the algorithm. And when I first started on YouTube and probably for the first six months, I, I I did find it like scary, like you say, and I did feel like I was up against something that wasn't on my side but now that I've been doing YouTube for a year and I do read about the algorithm um, a lot and I do look at the analytics of my channel um, which YouTube give you extensive amounts of like data and analytics to look at based on uh, your channel and it's it's very helpful. It, it's also very daunting too Um, but I think that, so yeah, with with the algorithm, I think, I think it gets, um, I think it gets like unfairly represented a lot of the time. And some lately I've been feeling like I want to kind of defend it because, so, so for example, to put it in kind of like more plain terms, um, the metrics on my channel. So the recent video that I put out, um, 11 days ago, uh, it's had 69,911 impressions. So that means it's been shown to, pe- to people, probably not the same, same, um, uh, probably not different people. It's been shown that many times to, to people um, and it's had 6.6K views in total, which is actually quite good for my channel in, in 10 or 11 days. Um, but I think that you know, it, when you think about those numbers, you know, that's a lot of, it's nearly 70,000 impressions. So it's nearly 70,000 70, times that YouTube has shown my video to an audience. And I don't really think that you get numbers like that on any other social media platform, especially not something like Instagram. Um And I'm uh, quite a small channel, I would say, in comparison to like the Grainy Days or, you know, Willem or all those sorts of channels. So, I think that that's really powerful um, as far as t- getting exposure goes. like I think for free, that's a lot of exposure that YouTube is giving you. Um, and then they also give you a lot of information and data to work with to like better your channel and better your performance if which you know, hoping that you do that, you then get more exposure. People interact with your content. You, you know, you get fulfillment out of that. Like, you know, whatever your end goal is with YouTube. So, I think, um, kind of, whilst it is mysterious sometimes with the algorithm, when you break it down, I think, really, it's up to the creator to sort of package their video in a way that appeals to their audience. And we often hate on the algorithm, but I think it's an extension of people's taste. Um, which sometimes maybe isn't that great because a lot of really good stuff gets missed. But um, I think the real challenge with the algorithm is kind of the psychology around what a person in your niche will want to click on and how long they will watch it for because that's what matters the most. You know, like you could have the greatest video about analog photography of all time, but if your title and your thumbnail – suck (laughs) and like don't don't tell people enough or don't entice them enough, they're never gonna click on it. So basically your video doesn't exist. So you've just made something and by saying, oh, I'm not gonna appease the algorithm, you have like stopped yourself from sharing what you've made with the world. Do you know what I mean? So um so I think it's it comes down to a lot of it comes down to psychology and then it becomes more like marketing and advertising, which we all know are largely based on psychology anyway um so kind of uh pairing all of that with like good production um valuable or sort of entertaining content and extreme commitment and dedication to your youtube channel um and the sort of willingness to evolve and stay fresh all whilst being true to what you want to do as a creator um like you need all of those things to have a successful channel which is quite a lot of things like that's a lot of things to be across and i think if people could see how much time um anybody who's serious about youtube spends on planning a video making a video editing a video thinking about it you know from those marketing sort of perspectives like i was talking about like t- thumbnail title putting it out you know um they they'd be shocked i think like they'd be like wow i you know and 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 they'd be like, "Oh, like you're gonna do that again in like a week's time for another video like it seems really crazy, so um I think the I think but like back to the algorithm, I think, yeah, I think it gets it gets a lot of hate, and I think it's sort of just yeah, it's an extension of us, like we decide more, I think we like to blame the algorithm, maybe because we've put something out there and we feel vulnerable, especially when it's creative stuff and I think you have to, you have to sort of um it, it's good because it makes you self-reflect, I think. Like I'm like, okay, people only watch that video for three minutes. Like, why did they stop watching? And then I'll try and change that because I want people to enjoy like the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, they've missed that great thing that happened at seven minutes, you know? And I know that they'll enjoy that. I just have to look at it in a different way or pace it differently or Um, you know, yeah, it's, it becomes, you kind of, you kind of go down a bit of a rabbit hole if you do look at your analytics and think about the algorithm and you can end up just doing that and not focusing on like the creative side or the side that nourishes you. So it's like a balance between those two things. And that can be really, really difficult to, um, like achieve harmony with both of those things, I think. So that's kind of how I feel tip of the iceberg, how I feel about the algorithm. I feel like I could talk about the algorithm for ages.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's interesting kind of seeing it as an extension of a lot of very human um, mechanics, I suppose. But it's funny you mention um, all the work that people don't necessarily think about, like uh, thumbnail and title and editing and intro, outro, you know, all the stuff that goes into it. Um, Because, you know, I've, I've obviously watched quite a lot of analog photography, YouTube these past six months and during the writing of this project project. And, and a lot of videos are quite similar in the structure and everything. So I was just wondering like, uh, for you, like typical photo walk video where we see you walking around, taking pictures, seeing the pictures as they're being taken, like what are your thoughts about these kind of genre conventions? in the YouTube film photography space? Um, Do you find them like creatively motivating or a bit restrictive or um, how do you kind of deal with, uh, do you ever feel like you're just making another video that's been done a thousand times? Like um, how do you, how do you feel about those genre (laughs) things, you know, because there is like a prototypical YouTube film Mm. photography video. Um, Definitely.
0: Mm, Yeah. There's the, uh, like, there's the kind of the camera review or like the photo walk, and um, yeah, there's definitely those sort of yeah typical like sort of tr- tr- like tropes of the of the of the genre for sure. Um, I feel I feel like they're seeing those is quite c- creatively motivating for me only because I see it and it makes me want to do something different or think outside the box because I think, you know, people can keep copying that and making it. And obviously to an extent it is what people want and people do sort of like what they're comfortable with. Um, You know, and people also are like a little bit like lazy uh, and as in viewers, um, because YouTube serves them up stuff and they're like, okay, I'm gonna click on that because it's there, you know, and it's similar to something I've already watched. So, so i think it it does work but then it gets to a certain point where so much of that like it's so saturated that people then do want something different and that's normally when you'll get people making things differently it's like with you know anything like like music if you look at all changes in music like you know like in the in the 70s you had bands like with you know uh 3 Uh, keyboards and, you know, all these guitars and everything was so big and everybody was so talented and, like, the songs went for, like, you know, 12 minutes or whatever and then all of a sudden we had, like, you know, the Sex Pistols and people who didn't really know how to play and they played, like, two-minute songs, you know. So um, there there comes, like, a time where it sort of changes uh, and I I feel like it is changing a little bit on YouTube. Um, Like, I do see things that are a little bit different and I do think people are really wanting something outside of that sort of uh like typical photo walk style um a video that's kind of like it's always introing the same you kind of know where it's going to go I think people do want something a little bit different but it takes people a little while to come around like to that you know because they're kind of programmed to think that like that's what a film photography video should be like because like that's what I've already seen so um So, yeah, I I do find it frustrating because, you know, sometimes I'll try and do something a little bit differently and then it won't really do very well. So then I think, okay, well, I'll go back to the drawing board and, you know, maybe I changed too much. So I'll just do like, you know, little things to, you know, like augment like what I've uh, been creating already. But I do try and be really conscious of, being the same like I don't want like one video to just you know mesh into another video like I want it to be oh wow like you know this you know Lucy Lumen has brought out a new like video and it's pretty different to the last one or she's tackling a new subject or she's doing something different like shooting something different so um, so I find it motivating to create like something new Um, But then, as I was saying with the algorithm, it can be quite restrictive because if you go too outside of your genre, like YouTube is set up in a way where they want enough information and data on your channel to know who your audience is and what your audience is watching. And they'll look at, you know, like your audience watches Grainy Days and Kyle McDougall and like all these other channels. So, like, that's, you know, that's your audience. And they want you to kind of stay in that box because it's easy for them to collect data on you and then give that to the you know the algorithm um and so that makes it difficult to then you know have a channel that's mostly about film photography or and then do a video about coffee and it's like oh well you know people are dropping off because they're like well that's not why I'm here and I do see audiences get quite annoyed about that too like um on specifically on film photography things like They'll say, you know, oh, I didn't come here for this, you know, because the intro was about something else. And they'll, like, people want things to be in boxes and, like, categories. So, I, again, I think it's, like, we blame YouTube for it, but I think it's actually people. Like, people are kind of inherently like that. You know, like, we like things to be categorized and know what they are. And, and you know, like, there's that animal part of us where it's, like, something that's different and we don't understand it or it's, like, out of place. It's, like, makes us uncomfortable Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah, how I, that's that's how I feel about it. I don't know how true what I'm saying about the algorithm is. This is just what I've read. Like I'm not, um, by any means like a tech, I don't know what, where the algorithm falls, but you know, I don't know what's going on inside there, but that's just my perception of it. So yeah, I hope that answers your question.
1: It's Yeah, sure. It's interesting. I think I'm going to jump forward to a question about that kind of thing about, um, that what kind of subject matter you can talk about because I remember we got just chatting in the comments on your music like your vinyl video and that's something that's like an example of a different kind of con- content on a film photography channel like um, do you have a feeling that you can't make as much can't make videos like that where it's it's not about film photography it's about vinyl or as you say, it's about coffee, like, um, because obviously you're really into music and vinyl and that's super cool. But as you say, like, then there's going to be people in the comments saying, I don't give a crap about vinyl. You know, (laughs) why, why are you talking about that? I mean,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's funny. That's how we, yeah, that's how we connected um, in the comments of that video. And I remember, you commented and I read your comment like straight away and I was like, oh, and I got back to you and I was like, this is like, um, like so awesome that you're like so far away and you've watched this video and like, you know, that video did, didn't did do very well at all. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really cool that now we're doing this, uh, you mm-hmm. know, from however long ago that was when we spoke in the comments, which I think is uh, one of the c- really cool things about YouTube and the internet just in general. So um, but yeah, more more back to your question. Um, yeah, I do feel I, I do feel a little bit like I can't make that st- well, I can make that stuff if I want to, but the amount of time that goes into making a video, like I put a lot of effort into the planning and like, you know, like now I'm sort of scripting my videos more. I think about what they're gonna look like in editing. So I write like notes, like it is like a storyboard um, setting up for lighting um, finding the time to do that, especially being a, um, like a mom is really hard. So when I do do it, I want there to be some kind of return in, you know, like a video doing well, like doing better than the last video that I put out, or at least the last four that I put out, you know? Um, so that's more so what puts me off doing, venturing into other topics or revisiting the vinyl thing. Um, I'm more I've sort of compromised in that I try and bring it up uh, maybe it's like a sentence um, or I make an, an a, a an analogy or we'll put more effort into the music that my partner makes for the channel um, and make that a focal point so then I'm getting the music thing in there without making it a whole video explicitly about vinyl records and then it getting like 500 views and me feeling kind of like grumpy about it, you know? So mm. that's my compromise, but I think that what um it's a, it's one of the reasons why I started a podcast is because I can talk about things more extensively and I can go off topic and I think people accept that more in an audio format in a longer form like you know, like right now, like we're talking and mm-hmm. we'll talk, we'll cover so many things and people will be like, "Oh, that's fine," you know, cuz they're driving or they're cleaning or they're doing whatever while they're listening. But um with youtube i feel like people kind of like click on a thumbnail and a, they they subscribe to a channel and they you know they 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 expect this thing they're like this is what your channel does um there's a saying in all the you know content creator kind of world like um the riches are in the niches so hmm. like you know and they say like niching down so like getting really really in you know like specific about what it is that your um channel is about or your you know podcast is about or your business is about like is is often very beneficial to you because then people know that like you're the person to go to for that so um i'm trying to follow that but then also find ways to incorporate it uh while still getting like those views um on youtube and I think the other thing I'll say is I think you get to a point on YouTube where, like, you're so popular um, and you're so sort of, like, validated that you could make a video about something that's completely, like, off topic of what you would normally talk about and it will still do really well because you've, like, hit that point. Like, you kind of break through. I'd say, like, Grainy Days is like that. Like, people Mm. like him. You know, like, he's sort of a personality Um, People love, you know, people love his dog and his sense of humour and they know like his girlfriend's name and do you know what I mean? Like his antics and and everything. So they're there for that and like maybe not specifically his photography. Um, And I think when he does anything that's slightly off, you know, photography, like we were talking about the Edward Hopper video or even though that is connected, but, you know, I think someone like him or someone like Willem, like Verbeek, I think could do a video not directly related to photography and it would still do very well because they've gotten into that, like, higher part of YouTube where, like, people see, oh, you've got this many subscribers and, like, you know, they they know you as well, like people that have been there since the beginning. You've built, like, that rapport with your audience for so long that you kind of get to do that, I guess. Like, yeah,
1: that sounds bad because, yeah. like, I
0: can do it. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know... But it's just—it's very the feeling like I really want to make another vinyl records video, but the like the feeling of it getting 500 views is so much worse than the joy I will get out of making the video because of the amount of effort yeah. that goes into it. And it's just like,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, the the that that return it would it would bum me out, and it would probably take me a little while to get over. You know?
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. yeah,
0: I hope I hope that answers your question as well. Sorry, yeah, I feel like I'm giving I, you the longest answers.
1: No, no, that's great. I think it's interesting because <laughs> I found myself watching some some of Grainy Day's videos where I'm thinking I'm not in the market for a chocolate filter. You know, I, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in the filter. I'm just interested in the jokes <laughs> and, the, yes. and the vibes yes. and stuff, you know? Oh, my God, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I'm
0: like, oh, look, there's Jason hanging out with Jason. And, like, I'm not going to buy a chocolate filter. Like, I don't care about half yeah. the cameras he has. Like, I would never buy them. They're out of my price range. Um, our styles are pretty different, but like, I just like him, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I I think that's an interesting point. Like when you reach a certain amount of subscribers, I suppose, then you, you have to assume that people will follow you a bit further. Mm. maybe.
0: Yes. Um, I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. they'll, 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 I think it's taking a, they'll take a, not a risk, but like, yeah, they'll kind of go out on a limb for you more. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, you're doing uh, you're doing something a little bit different. I, maybe I do feel a bit like, oh, but I'll stay with you because, you know, like we're saying, it's Jason. Like mm-hmm. I, I know Jason is gonna give me like what I want, even if it's in a different like genre. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think again, it just it says so much more about like us as people and how we are, like, um, th- than the actual algorithm and YouTube and. Yeah, like, I feel like people have this idea of the algorithm, like, it's this one person sitting there, and they're controlling everything, and they're this evil thing. And I know, like, you know, social media mm-hmm. is kind of evil, and I know they're trying to keep you on the platform, and, like, all, all of that, like, that documentary. But I do think a lot of it is kind of down to us as well, as, as humans. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um- I still have a few questions about like the nitty gritty, like numbers games type stuff um, before getting into more like the content of your videos. Like um, I have this impression that upload frequency, like uploading often is quite important to kind of stay um, exposed and stay, you know, keep being seen and found by new people. And, and, and we were talking about like, uh, genre conventions earlier and I was kind of thinking like uh, it seems like it's important to upload often and it seems like there there are these conventions going on and unlike like say you were a painter or a musician putting out an album every few years uh, or writer writing a novel every three years or whatever like do you think this frequency this speed at which you're supposed to put out stuff does that kind of um, incentivize adopting other people's style more than other kinds of content? Or I don't know if it's too out there, but I just have this theory that
0: that
1: since you're supposed to produce so much content all the time, that that might have something to do with how people seem to be really efficient at fitting into the boxes that, YouTube kind of wants you to find as quickly as possible you know what I mean
0: Mm -hmm, definitely yeah I totally know what you mean um yeah definitely and I think I, I I would agree with you in that um I think what happens is it's really hard to come up with like so many ideas for content so frequently um I mean, I would exclude myself from that because I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I have so many ideas all the time, um, but it's, it's difficult to execute them, which is probably the same for a lot of other creators. I feel like they probably have a, a book full of ideas, but it's like actually going out and doing it and filming it or, you know, finding the time or whatever and getting it out by the next like upload kind of deadline is what's hard. Um, so people do tend to probably, yeah, like you say, fall into that mold of what they've already seen because then you've got something to go by you maybe know it's a safe bet um and also like i think as well with photography in general or like yeah probably digital and analog like there's only so much stuff you can videos you can make about that really like if you're just Mm. making it about that like how many things can you how many kind of angles can you come at something there are a lot definitely but it is quite hard to come up with something that's completely fresh or um you know like it does get i was talking to uh caleb um jason's friend um bad flashes on youtube and he was saying like yeah like you know me and jason were talking and saying how you know sometimes we're just not psyched to make another film stock review video you know Mm -hmm. and they're like oh what else can we do but like Caleb said to me that, you know, when he puts his short film um, clips up, because he makes short films, he works in the movie industry. They just, they don't do very well. Like, and then Mm. he puts out, you know, Lomo turquoise film stock and it does really well because that's like, that's what people want to see. So kind of like harping back to the question that you asked before. um, So, yeah, I think, I, I, I think, yeah, like, seeing something that's already done people think okay I'll do that because it's like already been validated and it, i've seen it do well on somebody else's channel so i'll kind of do a similar thing cuz that sort of follows suit and that's obviously what people want like in that niche um but and also yeah like it it helps because somebody's already kind of given you not given you the idea but you know you're like oh you see something and then you you make something kind of off the back of that so a little bit of your job is already done for you. Because like I say, there is so much to do making YouTube videos or making any kind of like content. And the frequency is crazy. Like we did a video a week, a video a week for a year. And now we're dropping back to um, every four, like every two weeks because it's just too, like, I feel like my, the rest of my life was suffering a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like like friendships, like time, proper time with my, like extended family, uh, like, you know, silly things like cooking and cleaning and, cause it was just like, okay, I've got to get this video out by like next Thursday, you know? So, mm. um, yeah. so yeah, I think, it, I think it can be really, uh, I think that part of it can be really dangerous for people, uh, like as in for their mental health. Um, I think that's mm. it, because you become quite obsessive. Like, I think if you're doing YouTube seriously, you're probably quite an obsessive person. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, it can be kind of addictive. Like it can be addictive looking at the analytics and the numbers and trying to Mm -hmm. crack what's going to work because it's like a, um, it's not not a race, but you get a little, you get like a bit of a rush because you're like, oh, like that that, that video is doing really well. So you get like this validation, the same way everybody does on any social media platform. You know, like heaps of people like your photo. You're like, oh, well, that must mean I'm the greatest photographer ever. And then the next photo you post doesn't do very well. So then you equate that to, oh i'm obviously not i'm obviously not very good which is totally like irrational so um but yeah it can be quite like it's it's very very taxing and very very draining uh trying to keep up with this like hamster wheel of like content creation and frequency of of uploading on youtube and it does like you say it does it does make a difference i think um yeah like if you drop out for too long like you know yeah you're just not as in front like you're not in front of as many people's eyes so yeah your channel will probably suffer in it's like metrics because you're not like bam here's another video oh somebody else finds you they go back and watch 10 of your other videos and they subscribe and then that cycle keeps happening do you know what I mean so unless you're somebody like Jason where he could probably have like a year off and like YouTube's just going to keep playing that one hour <laughs> Route 66 road trip video every time I watch a video, even though I've already seen it. And it just like replays that video because yeah. it knows that, every, that everybody watches it and it's an hour long and they're like, man, these, these guys just love this hour long film photography video. So, you know, um, but mm. yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that leads quite well into the whole mental health aspect. I have this one question. I think you kind of spoke to it already just – about you know whether you feel stressed out about view counts and subscriber numbers and the analytics and like you say you can kind of look into it and fall into this rabbit hole quite easily it sounds like uh do you have to like do you have to like set a a timer for how long you can look at the statistics and then have to leave <laughs> or like how, how does that work i get like locked like, out of same? my yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's so funny um no so so I do think like what you've just said like definitely it can take a huge toll on your mental health and I think there's so many people who are like what we were just saying like so wrapped up in the like numbers of whether it's YouTube or Instagram or I don't know whatever everybody else is using um but for me personally uh I, I'm not I'm not so worried about like the numbers in Like I think it's really silly to be like I want 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and like, you know, like that's when I'll be happy and I'm focusing on that and that's my end goal because it's like, okay, cool, but you could have 100,000 subscribers but like not many people are engaging with your videos or, you know, like your views aren't that good. And you see that a lot, especially lately I've noticed a lot of really big channels aren't getting kind of the views that they used to. Um, Which is just interesting to me in terms of, like, are things changing? Like, are people kind of sick of that sort of stuff? Maybe, I don't know, maybe people are moving over to somewhere else. Um, You know, like, I just find that interesting. Getting Uh, out of lockdowns. Yeah, definitely. That's what my partner said for sure. Yeah, because, like... There are some like really big channels in photography and in other things that we watch. And we're like, wow, this video has got like 20k views, which is really low for somebody who's got, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers or whatever. So, yeah, I think definitely people are out of lockdown, they're getting busier. Um, I think there's also a lot of stuff going on in the world and people are quite sort of distracted at the moment and kind of, Mm. you know, anxious and maybe they're putting their time into other things, which, I mean, is, pr- is probably good. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to veer off topic too much. But, yeah, I think for me I don't place too much importance on it. Like I'm really happy with what I have on YouTube and I would say it's quite small in comparison to a lot of other channels. But for me it's the, like, the engagement side, like the comments um, and, you know, people coming over to Instagram and DMing me and saying, hey, I saw your new video or I just found you on YouTube and you're awesome, um, I loved that you said this or, or they'll be like, can I share some photos with you or all that stuff is what I really get a lot out of. So that means more than like subscriber counts and view counts and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I want to like incrementally get better with every video and I would like that to reflect in the numbers. So, you know, like this video mm. that I did, that I just put out recently did, did quite well, um, you know, and I'm really happy with that, you know, like 6K views in 11 days or whatever is really great. So if my next video is at this point it has 7K views, I'd be like, oh, amazing, that's so good, like really proud of myself, really happy that people, you know, this, this video reached like a few more people than the last video. So I just want to be like improving my like quality and like the way I make the videos and the way I present and the way people connect with it, like each and every time I make a video. And I hope that over time that compounds and I do end up like grainy days where like I don't have to go to work and my job is YouTube.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would yeah. be really cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, it's interesting what you say about engaging with the comments. Um, do you ever worry that uh growing the channel and being able to reply to everyone is kind of the kind of competing interests in a way?
0: Yes, all the time. (laughs) Um, Yes, I (laughs) I worry so much. And like the other night I was going to – I was trying to go to sleep and I thought about somebody that I hadn't replied to on Instagram um, because I put out something on my Instagram a couple of days ago asking what – what are the biggest struggles for people when they start off with film photography? Like I'm going to make a video about it and I want it to be very like beginner friendly and actually help people. So like, what do you guys think? And I just had so many people message me. It was like really hard to keep up. And it actually took me like three days to like go through and get through, get back to everybody. Um, And uh, I was, yeah, laying in bed and I was like, Oh, I didn't like, I I remembered like this girl and I was like, I didn't get back to her, but I like left her, on like red so like she'll think that I read her message and I don't care and Mm. I'm not getting back to her and it gave me a lot of anxiety and I was like oh god like you know if this gets like the bigger this gets like the harder it's going to be to be able to keep up with that so it's definitely something my partner's brought up as well because he will see me like wake up half an hour earlier and like come in the study and like reply to comments like on the computer on YouTube to try and like get back to a few more people so and he's like, you can't keep doing this if it gets really big because, like, you won't have time to reply to everybody. So, yeah, I haven't really figured out the answer for that yet. But, um, uh, yeah, it does, like, it genuinely does worry, like, worry me, I guess. Because I don't want anybody mm. to ever feel like I, you know, like their comment doesn't mean anything or I'm not stoked that they're engaging with the content. Like, that person's taken the time to you know re- like you can just watch youtube videos and not comment like you know and like mm-hmm. you can think all this yeah. stuff in your head but like it's different to actually stop and type and send it you know so i want people to know that i'm on the other end and i really appreciate that and i um you know uh, like i want to thank them mo- mostly um so yeah so i've i've i have thought about it but i don't know how i'm going <laughs> to how I'm going to deal with it if, if it gets really <laughs> yeah. big. But we'll, we'll find out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take it step by step, I suppose. Um, sorry, I sorry like you broke up a little bit st-
0: there. I didn't hear.
1: Oh, I just said um, that you have to kind of take it step by step, you know, in terms of subscriber numbers and, and being able to reply yeah. to everybody. I mean, some people do like mm. community uh question you know A type stuff. I mean, mm, I suppose maybe you yeah. could like, do a more structured thing down the line. Uh, because it is quite valuable yeah, to be able idea. to talk to people. Um, yeah, I was totally. Wondering, yeah, like you. Of, like, like I uh, would be
0: sitting here with you if, if we hadn't like connected on on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? And then like you email me yeah, and we email sure. like back and forth. Like I, you know, like so much good comes from that. Like right now, like I get to talk about all this stuff with you and doing this like university project and like I just love that like I love that in life just in general without YouTube you know like the way things work and like that fate kind of aspect to life and, and yeah like having a connection like that like I'm a big person like that in my life so I'm trying to bring that into into my YouTube channel as as well so yeah
1: hmm um We've talked about this Sorry, I cut you off. I was wondering in terms of like, um, that's that's fine. I was wondering in terms of like um, how people view your videos. Do you have access to like statistics about whether people view on their phone or their computer or the TV? Because they're quite different, you know? Um,
0: Mm. Yes, I think. Is
1: that information that you can see?
0: Yes, yes. I believe I don't. That's definitely not something I look at, like, um, a lot. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you can see if they've viewed, uh, on like an iPhone, like on an iPhone, like on a phone or on a um, like a a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, that's definitely going to change. What's the the majority? Yeah. Um, I think it's mostly people watching it on their phone I I think but I, I'll have to I don't think I I feel like I have seen it before on the the when you go into like the analytics like on my phone it's not as in-depth as what you get on like a desktop um but I'm mm. sure I'm sure that there is uh that, that there is something that tells you like yeah how people are, are viewing it and most of it is like, on their phone, yeah, which I always think uh, that's a shame because, like, we edit the videos on quite a big desktop screen and mm-hmm. then we always test, test watch them on our TV. Uh, and we, we used to have a really good sound system. It's now broken, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, we test, you know, like, the audio um, and we, we test watch it a few times and, you know, like, we we try and make the videos look really good and like, you know, co- color grade them. Um, so it is a shame like that people then just watch it on this tiny phone screen because they're sort of mm-hmm. the audio is going to not, it's going to be terrible because it's always, it's always bad on your phone, you know, like really compressed. And um, especially with the music too, like my partner will make a really cool song and I think oh you know, it's annoying that somebody isn't watching that on a big screen with speakers. But I mean, you can't really control that I guess and I think we're sort of used to that a little bit now which probably is a bad thing you know like we do so much on our phones like we live on our phones and on these like little screens or iPads or whatever so um but yeah I do it 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 does obviously I would prefer it if people watched it on like a bigger screen with like a good you know um a good setup but yeah
1: yeah I I can I can sound like the ideal viewer. I mainly watch on TV but I do also watch on the phone sometimes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Guilty as charged I suppose. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's okay. So do Um, I. I do it as well. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, but I just think that's pretty interesting also in terms of like uh, Instagram and Facebook like we were talking about before we started recording. Like how sometimes you can't really control the way it's viewed or the quality level Mm. even if you spend a lot of yep. energy making sure it's the highest possible quality. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I was thinking maybe going into some questions about uh, working in front of the camera, that whole like host uh, side of it, because uh, I think that's pretty yep. interesting as well. Because um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like uh, kind of a remnant to me from like TV, from like old media, this whole talking to the camera, being a presenter, like um, a kind of traditional element in a very untraditional kind of like new media uh, format. So I was just wondering, like uh, how do you like that whole presenter aspect? Uh, have you ever wanted to make a video without having that intro outro setup? And just how do you feel about that whole aspect of making a YouTube video?
0: Mm, yeah yeah it's a really interesting question and um I never thought about it like that like being like aligning it with like that older style of t v like the presenter like the host talking to the camera um I really enjoy doing that um because I feel like it kind of ties the whole thing together a little bit more, and there are quite a lot of videos in the film photography genre um on YouTube that are uh, with, you know, they're, they're they're absent of anybody talking, you know, like a, t- a talking head sort of um, talk to camera piece and, you know, like there'll just be a, a song playing and it's either a slideshow of the images or it's like a sort of a POV of somebody walking around a city and then the photos like come up and then a slide comes up that says like thanks for watching and like that's it. You don't really see the person or like the person doesn't like speak. Um, and initially when we started the channel, we were going to do like music videos and have the photos in the clip. So like my partner would make a song, like a three and a half minute song, and then we would, you know, have photos coming up, um, and then B-roll kind of in between the photos. So it would be more like a music video, um, which I'm a huge fan of. And when I was growing up, music videos were like really influential to me. So I've always wanted to do something like that. So we were going to do that, but then we kind of uh went down the talking head sort of like route because I guess that's what we'd seen people do and also I predicted that people um would want that because I think YouTube is a big like what we were saying about Jason and that building a rapport with your audience. I think a lot of it is um, somebody coming for the personality, I guess the same way they would have on TV or maybe they still do. I don't know. I never watch like normal TV anymore. Um, but, you know, like people be- like somebody becomes a personality and the person, the viewers are there for them more than like their content or the show or whatever it is. They like that person. So uh, I really wanted to like connect with people. So that's sort of why I put myself um, at the center of my channel. Um, especially because I wanted like initially like I made this channel because I thought that I would be appealing to uh, predominantly females from the age of like 16 to I don't know like 25 or something because I thought that for some reason that was based on just I don't know because there was a lot of people getting into film photography and I saw a lot of girls on Instagram like quite young. I saw some other videos on YouTube that were about that were hosted by like younger girls but they were very sort of like I bought a disposable camera and they didn't really know exactly what they were doing so I thought I would fill a gap and be like somewhere for those girls to go to learn but without being like overwhelmed with like technical stuff um and also I thought they'd relate to me I know I'm a little bit older than that but like I don't know I thought they'd be like oh she's fun and like you know I can relate to her, like, I don't know, I like her outfit or, you know, it wouldn't just be like some 45-year-old guy sitting there with his camera telling you, ex- explaining the exposure triangle or whatever, you know, because if I was, well, I mean, now I don't even really want to watch that. So that that was my initial plan with the channel. So um, I really wanted to be on there talking to the camera slash the audience and appealing to that demographic. And it's really funny because... That's not the demographic that I <laughs> have attracted at all. <laughs> so it's so funny how you're like, oh, yep, yep, I'm I'm onto it. That's who I'm going to go for. And like, you know, I mean, I'm not unhappy with my demographic or my audience. Um, and it it is changing, like it is evolving. But um, it's it's like I think it's around 18% women now, um, which is a bit higher than it used to be. It was like mm. 11%. So, um, and it's definitely more in that 25 to 35. Uh, age range um and 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 sort of above so yeah so um mm. sorry i veered off a little bit from what, what you asked but yeah the, the the talking head thing yeah i think it gives that connection like and now when i watch videos and i really like like if somebody just does a video and they don't talk and i don't see them and the photos are really good uh or like the video was put together really well i'm like oh where are you like i want to see you like are you gonna talk about the photos or are you gonna I don't know like mm. show up on on camera and like show up for me so I can see you and I can connect with you and you know what I mean like i I want that so I think that that does do a lot better on YouTube um, but a lot of people put those videos together like those slideshow ones just because they want to share their work uh, in video format or maybe it's a hobby and they like doing it you know like not everybody is on YouTube with the and with the like end in mind of making it there. Career, you know, um, me, mm. myself included. Yeah. Like, I didn't, didn't begin with that. It's just, it's growing and it's like got legs. So, I want to see if I can take it to, you know, the grainy days level. We're using him yeah. so much in this chat. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to send this, I'll have to send this to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I also think it's interesting how YouTube with the whole hosting aspect is the most um, outgoing or perhaps vulnerable, at least initially, uh, place or way of communicating. Like most online discussion is hidden behind like uh, anonymous usernames or even just like a profile picture or something. Whereas I think a lot of people would find it, you know, quite uh, anxiety inducing to kind of sit in front of the camera and talk to the camera, and kind of just be themselves. But I, as you said, as you say, I think it's really important to kind of be able to connect to a person like that. Um, and it's just interesting Definitely. for this project where I, I've just been to this exhibition of this uh, this photographer, Diana Albers, who died in 71. And it's basically her whole career of pictures and mostly portraits of uh, a lot of different uh, people, and there's just one picture of her in the beginning, like one mirror, large format selfie, where she's like yeah, bare chested yeah. and pregnant, and that's 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 all you see of her as a person. And then the rest is just the work, you know, on mm. white walls, yeah, yeah. very, uh, very hallowed halls, kind of white cube, timeless mm-hmm. um, aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that it's, it's so different the way the way uh, that whole space is arranged uh, compared to YouTube where it is more social mm-hmm. and and I also think that it has to do with like how you can the people comment, you can reply to the comments and there's this whole social aspect to it. It's not like I can write a comment to each picture frame in the museum. Oh and then expect <laughs> yeah. her to reply from the dead, you know, uh, it's done. <laughs> the- I mean, <laughs> uh, so mm, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, it is really interesting. Yeah. Speak, speaking of the whole audience thing, I also think it's interesting how you've kind of taken it taking it to the next level in some of your videos with the whole survey approach and taking submissions and reading people's comments aloud. and And I think that's a great way of kind of, bringing people in and I guess also attracting, uh, interest and views because, you know, somebody might be watching that video and think, oh, maybe, maybe I can submit something next time, you know, um, mm. could you kind of speak to that and what your thought process was around making the film stock and favorite camera videos and maybe the response to that?
0: Um, yeah, because sure. that's yeah. quite unique yeah, that-
1: compared to a lot of other stuff being made.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is I've yeah, I haven't seen anything you know exactly like that on YouTube. Um I have seen a couple of channels do like a you send your photos in and the the person critiques them which I find I would never do that. Not cuz like I just I don't like the idea of I'm like this person and I'm going to like critique your work. You know what I mean? Like I want people to like share their work, but you know, yeah, I wouldn't put myself in that position. Um, So yeah, I wanted to come up with something that was inclusive and we always talk about like the film photography community, um, but I hadn't really kind of found it before I started YouTube and I felt like in the comments section, it was really forming for me. So I thought like, this would be a great way to, take it to the next level, like you say. Um, and also a lot of, it kind of was the reason I did it as well was because a lot of people don't, a lot of people have a lot that they want to say and want to put out there, whether it's their opinion, their thoughts, their work, like their photography and they don't, but they, they don't, they're not going to start a YouTube channel, you know, and maybe they only have a small Instagram following or You know, like, just not everybody's going to do that and because they don't for for various reasons. Like, I wouldn't have my YouTube channel if I wasn't with my partner because the barrier to entry with, like, filming, lighting, audio would be too high for me. So I wouldn't exist on YouTube without him. Um, And I think there's a lot of people out there like that Um, or maybe they just don't have the time or the confidence or whatever. So I thought, how can I include all of those people um, in my video, because I, I, I'm i doing it, um, but I want to make it less self-serving because I do think that YouTube can be very, and kind of like art in general, like when you're talking about the exhibition, like I love Diane Arbus, but, um, you know, and I know having an exhibition is supposed to be about the person, but I find a lot of kind of gallery stuff and like high art. um. And sometimes, like that word art, like I find it kind of a little bit, yeah, like self serving. Sometimes, like it's, you know, it's it's just like here you go, here's what I created. And I mean, I'm I'm grateful that all of these people did that for sure, and they're they're inspirational. And I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me, but I have found a lot in my past life, like, uh, you know, like when I was younger, to be very intimidated by those sort of things and think that you know i couldn't do anything because i couldn't get to that level and something like youtube really uh really fits me really well because it's a lot more casual and fun and like less serious i guess if that makes sense than like having an exhibition you know like um like i just yeah like i don't know like that just doesn't appeal to me as much kind of like what i was saying in the start of our conversation um but sorry i feel like i've gone off off track again um no, no, but the, no. the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the the um i'm so terrible i told you i'm just like once i get going um the community aspect is yeah like really important like i really want people to feel like they're a part of the video um and feel like they can email me or you know like share their work or just have a part of the video and um I had a really great response from those two videos, like your, what's your go-to camera uh, and what's your favourite film stock? And I loved – they were so much work to put together, um, more than I kind of had, in- had anticipated. So I haven't done another one because I, um, things have been so busy. Uh, but I would like to set up more stuff like that where there's like a constant stream of stuff coming in and maybe I could do, you know, like a live stream or something you know, where I share people's work or talk about like, you know, people are commenting like on a live stream and we can kind of have a conversation and stuff like that to make it more like inclusive of everybody. So um, I just, I really like, it sounds cheesy, but I just want everybody to be celebrated because I feel like when things come to sort of art or, you know, like artistic things, like it can be very like elitist and people can be really mean and it can be really like gatekeepy and very, you know, this is how you do this and these people are allowed in, you know, this this gallery showing because of who they are or people get things because of who they know and, like, that just sucks, you know. Like, I think it's, it's supposed to be for everybody and um, something, I feel like something like YouTube is very, like, yes, there isn't a barrier but, like, if you have a phone and, like, basically if you have a phone and an internet connection, like, you can... Make a video and put it out there, and like have your, um, like have your say. So there's some kind of uh, democracy in that, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like more so than back when you know, like in the 60s or 70s, if you were a photographer and you were going to like make that your job, it would be it would be a lot more difficult than it is now.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I I think it didn't say in the exhibition, but I'm pretty sure even though she got like uh, grants. Uh, from like Guggenheim and stuff, she lived in total poverty for most of her mm, life.
0: Yeah, I've heard that about her.
1: Yeah, a, yep. I mean, I mean, I mean, she she committed suicide in seventy one, and I thought that was another interesting thing at the exhibition that it didn't say that explicit, explicitly anywhere, which I think was an interesting choice, uh, like not okay, talking about her yeah. private life or uh, how she died. Because, and I think it was kind of this thing of not wanting people to have that in mind when they look at the pictures I suppose but
0: maybe yeah but I think it's
1: interesting what you say about the, the democratic aspect of YouTube like it seems like there's this uh, shift from like the traditional art world that's very individualistic and very focused on the person to the digital like I still think there's a very personality based system going on like we've talked about, and how, if you're successful enough, your personality will let you take your audience to new places and, you know, let you pursue your interests in a different way until you get to, like, the, the huge influencers who have, like, millions of subscribers. And they just fly around doing skydiving and dive down to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean and yeah. do whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I do think there's still this cult of personality culture going on. But, yes, but you're right. Yeah. There is a... Uh, uh, a democratic kind of, you know, very low barrier of entry, whereas the the art space is still, you know, quite mm. exclusionary in that way. Um definitely. So I definitely yeah, I would that's, agree. That's interesting. Mm. Uh, another interesting difference I found between the exhibition and watching a lot of analog uh, YouTube videos. Well, the videos aren't analog, but they're about analog mm-hmm. photography. I, I know suppose. what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Is 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 like a a shift also in perspective from like the end result, the final print, to this more process-oriented approach, where you kind of you usually see every frame on the roll, and you usually see um, the whole photo walk. I mean, obviously it's edited, but but in general, you get much more of the stuff that might have been left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. In a more like exhibition-oriented space, and and uh, I guess we've kind of talked similarly about you know in terms of like having the host and and that it is more personality-based and it's more experiential. But I just I was just wondering if you had any thoughts like why is it that we are more engaged by this like seeing the pictures being made and seeing the pictures being taken and and then talking about them like you've, the, the, yeah, you've yeah. done a yeah. few videos where you talk about the pictures after the fact, when, when you get yeah. the scans back and I like that video and, or maybe you've done a few, but in general, the, the emphasis is on being out there, taking the picture and then seeing it instantly, even though that's not really how, how it works. <laughs> you
0: photography actually <laughs> taking
1: pictures <laughs> with a film camera, which I also think is yeah, kind of yeah. funny.
0: That is funny. It's another like ironic aspect. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think so. I think there's a few things going on. I think um, some of it is down to the fact that, like what we were saying before, you're expected to create a lot of content on a really frequent basis. So any, anything you can do to create that content around your niche it, is really valuable. So you're not just going to use the end result; you're going to use the whole thing because you've got that's more more content to put out there. You know. Um, and then I think another thing is YouTube has a more sort of, obviously, you know, to to, to an exhibition, um, like it's got a more sort of like DIY feel, you know, like you've made the video yourself, it's your channel, you've created it, like it has that DIY aspect to it, which I really enjoy because I've always really liked like the DIY kind of um, like aesthetic and uh, like vibe of you know like punk music and you know like bands recording stuff themselves or you know like lo-fi things and zines like stapled together like all that kind of stuff and I feel like YouTube making YouTube videos is a little bit like that in that you do it yourself and you cut it together and it's it's probably never always going to be perfect unless you're you know like one of the really big you know um, big channels or like a tech channel or something like that you know so Um, yeah, there is this lo-fi sort of vibe to it. Um, So I think like showing like warts and all, like showing all of your shots because like they're not all going to be good, you know, whereas an exhibition it's like very selected, you know, and it's very like it feels really like prestigious and um, I don't know, I'm very like I've never liked anything like that. Like I don't like walking in somewhere and it feels really, you know, Oh wow! I mean, I like going to exhibitions. I'm not saying that, and I would have loved to have gone to this exhibition, but I, I just prefer things when they're more, when they're less polished, and they're more sort of, I don't know, like, um, I'm trying to think of like the right word for it, but yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, like that's that's the another big difference between like YouTube and and an exhibition or like the traditional art world, like you know, um, sort of scene. And then also I think you say like, you know, um, we make these videos where you're on photo walks and, you know, you, you the audience see me walking around and like looking at something and taking the photo. I think that comes down to also like kind of how like voyeuristic we've become as a society uh because of um I don't know, like the internet and um like like when I when I worked at I used to work at a school and the, when I first started at the school I was very out of the loop with what children were doing because I didn't have any children and um, all the boys would watch these YouTube videos about like watch kids opening boxes of toys and like playing with them and I was like, what are you guys watching? Like that's really weird. And they're like, oh, like we're watching this, you know, and he's like some star and he like unboxes like, you know, the new Lego toy or I don't know, whatever it was. And I just thought that that was like really bizarre. um, But I guess <laughs> like – you know, like, there's videos of, like, people unboxing, like, cameras and, you know, this was a few years ago, so it wasn't sort of, like, as front and center for me. But, yeah, like, we've become so, like, we like watching gaming channels on YouTube of people playing, like, Fortnite or, like, these other games. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like as a society, we're becoming mm-hmm. like increasingly more sort of, like, yeah, like, voyeuristic in that way. So, I think maybe that speaks a little to why the videos are formatted like that and, you know, like you can watch like, a POV video of somebody in like doing street photography in Istanbul. And it's like, I feel like I'm walking around in like Istanbul. Like that's cool. But I'm like sitting on my couch, you know? So um, mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why um, that's so popular. And I, again, like I said, like as soon as something's popular, like more people will do it because they see that it gets success. So like it'll keep, they'll, they'll it'll just keep getting recreated until it gets so trickled down. Um, it's the same way fashion works you know like something is really high high high-end fashion is created and it's you know we all can't afford it and then it gets trickled down into you know all the chain stores in a different form um, you know altered slightly and then you know it's cheap and you know reproduced a lot and then everybody gets over it and then it starts again so like these are all concepts and things that we've seen many times before and I think people kind of like kind of give humans too much credit when they're like, you know, thinking that these these, these things are like new, like the algorithm thing and how it works is like what I was trying to say. Like, it's just, it's like people sitting there, like you're still controlling kind of like what you're clicking on and like what you're clicking on is giving them the information. So um, as far as I understand it anyway, I mean, that's obviously very basic, but yeah, I I, I think like, I think Mm. about all these things a lot and I, often want to talk about them, but I'm like, don't really know like who to talk to. So when you messaged me, I was yeah. like, Oh, this is like really cool. Cause I, I think about this stuff and I don't really know if anyone else finds it interesting. Like, you know?
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you say about the whole voyeurism aspect of it, because I also think it has to do with uh, safety. Like you can, you can look at a, at a box of toys or like a camera and you can kind of approximate the experience of buying it without having to spend mm-hmm. any money, uh, or you can watch somebody uh, do like street photography, even though you are really shy and kind of anxious about photographing people in the street. You know that kind of totally. thing. Totally. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, you you don't take so many pictures of people, but other other channels. Like, um, I tried recently to take like uh, street photography at night with flash. Because I saw mm-hmm. a YouTube video uh, from Japan. I think the channel is called Nuts Tokyo, and uh, yep. this photographer he has a whole he has a, it's a whole community of street photographers, and they mostly take really like in your face flash photography at night. And I thought it looked so much fun and uh, super crazy, and they would get these shots of like popping the champagne and then the flash kind of freezing all the drops in midair. Uh, yeah,
0: it was love just that. Yeah, really,
1: really, really, really cool work. And uh, and then I just uh, suggested to the, my uh, local photo club, like we should totally go out and try this because, you know, the drinking culture in Denmark is also super crazy, um,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. especially
1: among young people. So we went out three people and the first time I took a picture I got yelled at by three guys, and I almost got mugged, and uh, it was just terrifying. Oh no! <laughs> and, that, and that whole that whole experience was just awful. Like it, it, I, I realized, I felt like I was being super invasive and intrusive, and and the flash mm, yeah. aspect was just not for me, like at all. Mm, and uh-huh. and I just think it was kind of a funny kind of um, uh, me facing reality after seeing like a video. Like these guys are doing it, so it must be cool. People must think it's cool. And then trying it out myself and being like, okay, I'm not, I'm never doing that again. That's just not a kind of photography (laughs) for me personally, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, That's really interesting. Yeah. uh,
1: So I think that kind of voyeurism aspect is kind of a way of trying things out without, you know, putting yourself out there uh, in a more direct way.
0: Yeah, I think you're, yeah, definitely on. Yeah, you're on the money there for sure. I hadn't thought about that that as a as a, a thing either. But definitely, I think people. Yeah, I think because we we sort of research things so much before we buy them now. You know, like we, um, like because we have the internet, so you can and you can compare things. And there's so much now. So like, there's all these videos on YouTube where it's like, you know, this versus this, like because somebody's in the market to buy something. So, um. And yeah, like YouTube has become like a, a breeding ground for those like types of videos and that sort of behavior for sure. Yeah, I think we're yet to see, like I think YouTube will like as a platform will expand and grow and change and become like even more powerful than it is now. And like, you know, like I just feel like we've, we're yet to see where they will really go, Um, whether it's good or bad i don't know but i think it we're just um hitting the the sort of the start of of it because it's being used now for like entertainment purposes whereas it used to be more how do i you google like youtube how do i unclog my toilet or whatever you know like that's how i used to use it like like you know ages ago like it was for information Mm. more so like or like i don't know how to do something or cooking or something like that whereas now it's like you know it is more of an entertainment space and it's becoming more like that. And I think that YouTube are trying to harness that as well so that they can possibly compete with, I don't know, like Netflix or stuff like that. I don't know. That's not based Mm. on anything other than just me sitting on my couch, just thinking about YouTube.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's true. Like we were talking about the whole television aspect earlier. Like uh, a lot of channels are like companies now and not just – private individuals and they have studios and studio setups like hot ones. And and mm, yeah. also, yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, with, with like a video quality going up and up and up, like I feel bad watching a 4K, obviously beautifully shot video on my phone. So I'll mm. preferably sit down and watch it in front of the TV. And I think the more you get people to, to change their behavior like that, the more the content is going to veer towards – you know, a more traditional television style uh, presentation and quality level and stuff while still retaining that kind of DIY aspect Mm, because, you know, anyone can upload. Um, Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. uh,
1: um, I was thinking uh, in order or like speaking about like photos and having a place for them. Like there's so many different platforms like uh, YouTube and Instagram and, I saw, like, this, you know, the Sunny 16 show, this uh, newer podcast, where they yeah, talked the about, like, guys. do you use mm-hmm. Instagram or Twitter for photos? Mm-hmm. And I don't use any of them personally, but, like, there's so many different places to put them. And then there's also, like, you can have a frame print. You can make your own photo book quite easily. Like, um, if, if you were to only choose one place for all your photos to end up, would it be on youtube or on instagram or like on your wall or in a physical book and 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 why um
0: yeah that's a big question um so i feel like probably like out of out of all of them it would probably be, probably be a book because it's you know it's it's timeless um and people can it's accessible like people can purchase it for like you know pro- hopefully probably like a you know like a reasonable price and have it in their home it's like p- you know p- like portable to a certain extent something you can go back to um i am re- I'm, I'm a lover of like books and and photo books so yeah I, I i think they really add like a lot of value to a person into their home um I, prints do as well but like i don't know like they just you know they they just sit there i suppose where a book you can kind of interact with it more um and yeah so probably i would say i would say some kind of some form of a photo book but at the same time i wouldn't be upset if i never had a photo book because i feel like youtube also is i really enjoy showing my work on there because like we've said you know throughout this whole conversation it's more like my videos um aren't really they're not they're not about my photos like like they are but they're about like you know the whole experience and they're about me you know um the idea that i had for the video and maybe i like i have a a, a video coming out soon where i shot Ektar. 100 at night in a point and shoot with the flash and like i really like the photos because i like that look but a lot of people probably won't they won't like that look um but i made that video more because i thought that was a cool thing to do and and i want to show people that like you don't have to really play by the rules like you can you can put a really expensive 100 speed film in a point and shoot and like shoot it at night because like i don't know like that's just not really what a lot of people would do because people do get quite caught up with like the technical side so like to me that's what that video is about like that's the message of the video it's not really about the photos and I feel like a lot of videos I have are like that like it's it's not me just like you know laboring over my photos or just sharing them to be like you know I want everyone to see like you know my work like I don't know I'm just maybe it's a defense mechanism because I'm insecure about my photography so I'm trying to like <laughs> put all these other things on top. So it's not just about my photography. Maybe that's what's really going on. Um, but, but you know, that's more so uh, what it's about for YouTube. Um, like, but, yeah, I, the only thing with YouTube is that and all of these online platforms, like, we don't know how long they're going to be around for. Like, I assume they'll be, like I've just said, I think YouTube has a really bright future. But, you know, there's always that chance that everything could disappear and you kind of don't really own stuff. Like, there's that whole conversation. So a book is a tangible thing that feels more in line with analog photography as well. Like we've said, you know, it's extremely ironic that we go to these lengths and then we just upload them on Instagram and make YouTube videos. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. Like I've recently ordered some, some prints of of my own work, um, like through where I sell my prints and I'm really excited to see them and hold them and look at them. But, um, but, yeah, like, I, to me that's, like, it's not something I would think to do straight away, which I kind of feel bad about. Um, but I'm not very traditional. Like, I feel like I've sort of explained that, you know, like I don't want to be – I mean, I don't not want to be exhibited in a gallery, but, like, it's not – for me that's not my main goal um, just because I don't feel like that I really translate to that, like, world very well. And, like, the fact – when you said that you went to that Diane Arbus exhibition and there was only one photo of her – I was thinking about me, um, and thinking how I don't know. Like I want to be, <laughs> <laughs> like I want to be shown more than that. Like I would be like, excuse me, like, yeah. because I also really enjoy being in front of the camera, and I think that's another reason why I don't say photographer, because I also like I like to be part of the photograph as well, and I like to have like input in like you know oh, take a photo of me here, like, you know, this will look cool or, like, I'll, you know, or maybe I'll move this way because you've taken a few of me already like this and I like that input and I see that as still being a participant in photography but I just, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just really vain but I I also like that part and, yeah, if I was Diane Arbus, I'd be pissed because I'd be like, why are there not more photos of me or, like, I'm just as much a part of this as, like, my photography so... Um. So yeah, it's. I yeah. I hadn't really thought about that before. It's just when you said it, I was like, oh god. Um. So probably photo book. I think for for me. What about you? What would what would be your ideal way for your work? Yeah, I going? I
1: totally like, agree. I totally agree. So really, like a photo book, I think is just a feels like tangible. You can keep it. You can show it to people. You can always also just bring it with you if you're out taking pictures and people are asking, you know, what you do. I think that's a huge bonus, but in general, I'm quite, I mean, the reason I'm writing this whole project is that I'm quite critical of the whole digital reality of it in terms of like uh, quality loss on the various social media platforms and like all these other aspects that suddenly come into play, like the presenting and the editing and the video stuff that you say is like that wouldn't be available to you if it wasn't for your partner. Like there's all these mm. mechanics, outside mechanics at play while I, you know, personally, I would just, I prefer just to focus on my camera and the film and the photos and then get the scans. And I, I have like four or five folders that I'm slowly like building up over time. And then mm-hmm. I'm, my idea is just to, when when I have like 50 or a hundred photos in one of them, To kind of go and see, like, okay, is this something I could imagine turning into a book? You know, Uh, yeah. But but then you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a platform. You know, I don't have a social media following, so I don't expect huge traction on it. But uh, that's just what I feel comfortable with. Also, because it's a it's a hobby for me. Mm, You know, um, definitely.
0: Yeah, you have a different. I've always um, uh, like
1: it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to, uh, to write on trying to get a book published, but, uh, but that's kind of separate. And, and that's something that I would want to do through like proper channels and not a self a publishing solution kind of, uh, because that's mm. something I feel like I've been, it feels like more like essential, like an essential part of my identity. Um, whereas the photography is quite new and, and it's also had like a very, um, helpful kind of element to it where it's uh it's kind of helped me write more for some reason like it's very external it's about getting out and and going places and taking pictures and and talking to people as well um uh whereas the writing is very you know sitting in front of the desk at home mm-hmm. and, and yeah, when you have the so much uh, uni- yeah. university work you know i have so much stuff to read and all these assignments to write and stuff there there's oftentimes not a lot of mental space left for writing but taking pictures Mm -hmm. for some reason has kind of cleared that up and given me more creative energy in the writing avenue as well which is really awesome yeah yeah Um, that's so
0: true like what you say about taking photos like um i think that's what i was trying to say before where i was saying it's quite accessible Like it doesn't feel daunting to like, you know, pick up a camera and you just take some photos. Whereas like I've been writing a little bit lately, but it's, you know, it's nothing huge. Um, And it's so daunting to like sit down and try and write something, you know, like you're like, oh, how do I get started? And you're rereading it. Oh, that doesn't sound good. And there's a lot more pressure. I mean, it's probably because I'm not like, you know, uh, it's new for me and I'm not like very experienced, but with photos it's like, you know, you just – it's, like, either you take it or you don't and, and you, you, you take that moment and, like, that's it. You know, it's done very quickly, Norm, like, normally. I mean, not if you're doing, like, you know, some styles that people do. But for someone like me, it's just – it's, like, an instant thing. You know, like, I see something, it catches my eye, I take a photo of it, I move on, you know, and then I'll look at them later on. And it's really – that's really freeing to me. And I I like moving through that and not being too – I don't like to sort of, yeah, like labor over something for too long. Like otherwise it gets old for me. Like I want it to, to be, you know, be gone. Like when I do a YouTube video, like once I've made it, like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, that's done now. And then I can start thinking about the next one. You know, like I and I feel like that with, with roles of film too. Like I don't tend to kind of go back too much and look over my work, which is maybe why I don't really kind of um vibe with the exhibition thing and maybe why I haven't made a book, because I'd Feel like you kind of have to go back and look um, at your work and find themes, or you know, like pair things, or decide what your where's my where's your photography going? And I think my photography is a lot more directed at like what video I'm gonna make than my photography. So, which is Mm. I really like that because it gives my photography purpose. Because before that, I was taking photos, and often I just like wouldn't shoot. Or, or, like, then I, uh, you know, amount of time will pass and I would shoot and then I'd be like, cool, those photos look cool, but I don't really know what to do with them. But, like, that didn't mm. suit me, whereas your, you sound very different, but I'm very, like, I've always wanted to be famous or, like, recognized or, like, remembered. Like, I'm very, like, I want people to know that I'm here. So, YouTube is, like, perfect mm-hmm. for me because I want to, like, make a mark or connect with people, you know. So, whether they are like doing that through my photography alone or they're like doing it. Cause they're like, Oh, I really like the way you present on your YouTube channel. Like, I don't mind, you know, with, with like, which it is. And that's probably why I don't mm. necessarily call myself a photographer. Like, um, you know, like, like in that, but I want to say proper, but you know, like I'm not after, like I speak to so many photographers and I feel that they're very like, you know, like I speak to people that are like, I'm, printing in the dark room and I'm, you know, trying to get my work shown in galleries or, you know, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm hand printing everything and selling it. And not that I don't, it's, it's, I think that's great, but that's just not I, what I would want to do. You know, like I want, like, I want the, like, yeah, like the, the, what I get from YouTube where I'm sharing my work. So you're getting me and my work, you know, like in tandem, not yeah. just my photography. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: mm yeah, for sure, for sure, makes total sense. It's so funny how um, everybody's so
0: different, like in their, you know, yeah, like, so much yeah. of your like personality I, comes into your hobby, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. for For me, it's also just a matter of like cost. Like, I, I, I take pictures directed towards the theme because, in me, I mean, I, I only have a set amount of money that I'm willing to spend each month, so I have like one film stock in one camera and another in another camera and then I will know okay this camera is for like night type stuff in black and white and this stuff is this camera is for like color uh pictures in one of two themes you know and that's kind of how I uh go about it because just snapping away uh with no like goal in mind for me is just it, it i think it's quickly it would quickly demotivate me personally because I mean, also, you know, on uh, social media platforms in general, there's just so many pictures out there. It's really very, you know, image-saturated world we live in. Mm, yeah. So mm-hmm. with, without that kind of goalpost or that, like, um, uh, guiding star, whatever, that sounds super cliché, sorry. Um, <laughs> without, without that goal in mind, you, I, I would feel kind of lost. And, like, why am I even doing this? This is so expensive and Sure, they yeah, look yeah. prettier than my phone photos, but, like, like why? Um, so so having those kind of, like, I have, like, four folders, and then I have, like, a best of for, like, when I just see a shot that I like. And I'm thinking of maybe turning that into, like, a, like a yearbook at the end of the year. Yeah. Because that's, that's also really cool. more, like, yeah. private, like, with my, mm-hmm. my partner and my family and friends and stuff. Like, those photos mm-hmm. go in that folder as well, like, yeah. Um, so, so yeah that's really I think nice hmm. yeah because i imagine if if you've it, it's also like it would be a good way to kind of exercise the whole layout process because that's totally foreign to me like
0: Definitely. what pictures to put next yeah. to each
1: other and why mm-hmm. and like there's a oh lot of creative god, stuff yeah. in that oh and uh, Hashim's yeah. done a really great video about oh. that stuff like there's a lot of stuff to consider you know um
0: oh my god so yeah, so kind huge- of using
1: the more like private photos as an exercise and then also getting the physical tangible uh, book, I think would be super fun.
0: Definitely. I think you should you should definitely do that. And yeah, Hashem's video was great. Like and it's such a like you say, it's such a huge task to like take on. And I think that there's a skill in, you know, curating like work. It's really especially when it's your own work, it's so hard to decide. Like I get so paralysed um, I recently entered a competition and you could only enter one photo and it's a huge competition, so like I kind of know I don't want to sound defeatist, but like I know I'm not gonna win. So I was a little bit throwaway, but the image I picked, I was on my own and I was like trying to decide and it was so difficult, you know, because I was like, I've got this one image to represent like everything that I photograph and I have sort of different styles, like you say, like themes, you know, on on you know what you what you're shooting. Like I've mm. you know, and I, I wanted to find something that really represented me and it was so difficult. And I showed my partner and he was like, why did you choose that? That's so, you know, like what? And I was like, oh no, like it's, it's so hard. I'm trying to make a website (laughs) at the moment as well. And I'm trying to pick photos and I'm like, I don't know, like what, it's just so, it's so difficult. I feel like it's sometimes it's better. Like if somebody else, because they're like more separate from the work, you know, like they can be more critical maybe or kind of, you know, just they think about it. Like sometimes I ask my mom because she has like no f- photography, you know, skill at all. So I'm just like, what do you think? Like what what catches your eye out of like these four images? And I'll like go with what she thinks just because I can't stand it anymore mm. of having to like try and do it myself because it's really, really difficult. But I think that it would get better if you practice like what Hashem was saying. Um, and yeah, for sure. I think that's a really great way of practicing, like doing a little, photo album thing for yourself and getting used to that process of, like, pairing work next to each other, um, you know, yeah, picking out, like, what you think are the best photos and, like, coming back to it, you know, as well, like, months later and do you still like that work? Do you still think it's as good as when you first put it in? Because sometimes, like, you really like photos and then, like, I look a lot of, uh, at a lot of my older photos now and I'm like, oh, God, like, I don't think that's very good. But I know at the time I was like, oh, this is a banger. Like, you know, so there's just so much to consider. <laughs> yeah. And then when it's in a book form like that, it feels really, like we say, it's, it's tangible, it's timeless, it's permanent. So it's like, I would feel a lot of pressure doing that. And I think that's why I like the YouTube thing. Cause it's like, you can make a video and then you just make another one and then you just keep making them. So there's like heaps of different mm. versions of me and my stuff out there. So like, people will find something they like and I think that makes me feel comfortable because maybe I am like worried that people won't like my me or my photography <laughs> uh, I feel like this is turning into like a therapy session for um for me
1: <laughs> yeah no 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 uh I just have like uh, two minor questions left and I one, okay. one is more like a for fun picture because I, I'm not sure if it's a super important distinction to make, but I, I hear a lot of people uh, arguing about whether they take or make pictures, and I was wondering if that's something you've come across, yep, and, and whether I, you know what what's your take on that? Do you take or make pictures, uh, and why?
0: <laughs> uh, that's such a funny question. Um, I love it, though. It's good. Um, yeah, I often so I I haven't ever specifically had this conversation with anybody or asked anybody but I hear people use both terms and I have thought about it before like oh you know and I've noticed like um uh sometimes it can be a um like I notice sometimes foreign people say make and not take so then I was thinking is it like a um you know maybe people with like English as a second language say that but then I've heard people uh like, you know, Americans or whatever, say it as well. Um, And sometimes people who are more, like, accomplished, I guess, as photographers say when you're making work or you're, like, making photographs, um, say it. So I then Mm. in my head I thought, oh, you know, maybe that's, like, the proper way of saying it, you know, like amateurs take photos and real photographers make work or whatever. Like, this is just me in my head. This is what I've been thinking. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) so I stream my crazy stream of consciousness so I I feel like I would just say take but maybe that's because I'm like a lazy Australian um and I think I think I'm happy with saying that because I take I see it as I'm taking that moment like I see something and very often um you know my partner and I will be walking around taking photos together and you know he's kind of like oh what are you what are you walking over to or you know, I'm like crouched down trying to take a photo of something and it can sometimes be quite like obscure, I suppose, until you see the photo because it's a colour or a composition or thing I saw in my mind that I knew would look good. So I'm like taking that, like that's mine, you know, like that's my Mm. vision and it's like my photograph and it's how I see things. So I'm like taking a photo, like um, so yeah, the more than making, like making to me is like, you know, my partner makes music people make, make mm-hmm. paintings or, um, I think I'm a little bit like self-deprecating sometimes. Um, but like with photography, I think like, and I've, i this opens up a whole another topic that we won't talk about now, but maybe we can talk about it in another, in another episode. But like photography is kind of like, you know, you just like any, like I say, anybody can take a photo, like, you know, like mm. pretty much you know, like whether, I mean, not not everybody can like use a film camera or like know how to exactly work a digital camera or expose properly or whatever, but like anybody can take a photo, especially now. So it kind of changes the, um, I think Susan Sontag talks a lot about this in, in, in the start of her book. Um, yeah, like that. And I found that really interesting. Like it is, you know, like families do it, like everybody takes photos and everybody wants to take photos and has that urge. And I find that really interesting. Whereas other other forms of art are very different and they're you know like like my like my partner can just pick up a guitar and just play a song like you know like I don't get that I don't have that like privilege like I would have to earn that whereas if I give my mum my camera she takes the worst photos like she you know but like she she can take a photo you know and if she took enough photos she'd probably take something that looked good so and I'm, I'm sure that there's arguments here as well like this this is a huge huge topic to bring up at the end but um, but, yeah, I think um, – I'm sure you've thought about this as well. But, yeah, I would I would say take because um, I feel like it fits my yeah. shooting style. Yeah, like, I, was, I was thinking more. about
1: this. Yeah. I, uh, I thought a lot about the whole Sontag connection because she's quite um, uh, f- stern, I would say, in her wording yeah. around photography. Mm. Like she, yeah, she, she, is, she calls yeah. it like violent and aggressive and – and she says, like, yeah. we're always talking about shooting people and loading it like it's a yeah. gun, and <laughs> and, I, and I can and I can see that, and I think that's really interesting. Like, uh, you know, you're you're objectifying the world and objectifying people, and you're stealing them, and and I also yeah. remember uh, mm. seeing like really old portraits from like the 1800s where people would do this, um, you know, the let's you know the heavy metal uh, devil's horn th- sign. To kind of ward off mm. demons because they thought that the, photo- the that photograph the- would take away part of their soul.
0: Their soul, um, yeah. So, yeah. so they would so use this
1: this sign to kind of protect themselves and stuff. Um, uh, but, but I think that kind of, I mean, the taking and making. I also just use taking because you are you're capturing again, like mm. you're taking, you're stealing. Yeah. You're cap you know, you you are you're recording capturing. something. Yeah. Like when yes. you're writing or yes. you're making music, you're more or painting, you're creating out of nothing, with yes. tools obviously, but still. Uh, and that's another mm. interesting distinction in the book. I think is that photography can be art, but it's also many other things. Like it's it's news photography, it's family photography, it's tourism snapshots. Like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. kind of putting it on the art pedestal is just one of many. Uh, incarnations of photography, like that's just one way definitely. of looking at it or p- one way of presenting it. Uh, and I think that's really interesting yeah. when it's this kind yes. of. It's it's dependent on what you point the camera at, you know.
0: Um, yes, hundred percent. And where yeah, it's going to be it, put, put really afterwards, well. and uh, mm, yeah. So, so definitely. I would I would also
1: say like make because uh, yeah, it's it it doesn't come out of nothing. I mean. Like a painting or a piece of music or whatever. Um,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that kind definitely. of that kind
1: of leads into my last question, which is I think we talked about this in the beginning with the different labels, like because the title of my project is Art versus Content: Physical and Digital Photography Exhibition or something like that. It's a working title, but um, okay. <laughs> I was just wondering if we could maybe just wrap up. Um, by kind of, you know, talking about like the term art and the term content, because you know whether they are they related or are they opposed or they different ways of looking at the same thing. Like it seems like you have a very positive um, understanding of the term content, uh, and and a, quite, a kind of you know more critical view of the word art because like we talked about it is more uh, exclusionary and a more privileged term um so Um, I was just wondering if you were to compare the two terms art and content well how would you say they're connected
0: yeah wow um yeah I think it's, it's it's like super interesting and I think you're definitely right in that I have probably a more positive relationship with the word content than I do art even though like I'm a lover of like lots of different like art forms and creativity and people that are artistic and I've always been drawn to that stuff. Um, but I have just, yeah, found it to be um, not always the most inclusive, like, space um, and the co- I've had a really, like, positive journey with content. So, you know, people form opinions through their experiences. So, you know, that's just me. Um, but, yeah, I think <clears> – <throat> sorry, excuse me. I think they're <sighs> – I don't think they're opposed. Well, they're not they're not opposed to me. Like they're working um alongside each other really nicely. Like the content is um feeding my art and like vice versa. So for me it's really good. Like it's really um it's given me a lot of structure, you know, creating content out of my art, you know. Um so so for me it's really good, but I think some people do have an issue with like content or content creators and like um you know art being in that sort of space the same way a lot of people kind of uh people get really riled up about like NFTs, which I don't I don't you know, I'm not in love with them and I don't even really fully understand it. And it's, you know, it sounds very bizarre and it's not something I want to do. But like if people want to do that, like that's fine. You know, like I wouldn't tell someone not to or make them feel lesser for doing it, you know. Um, But I think, yeah, like, art and content is, I think they can exist, like, alongside each other, like, really nicely if you want them to. But I think if you have a more, like, purist kind of idea of art, then maybe not. Um, Like, I get the vibe that there's some people in the community or, like, on Reddit groups or Facebook groups or whatever who don't really take youtube photographers seriously because of the fact that they're a content creator they're like a like what we've said they're a personality so they're like relying on this like secondary thing and like they've sort of stooped to this level of like you know sharing their work somewhere like youtube rather than going down a more traditional kind of art like route and and staying true to the process and all that sort of stuff that we do hear sometimes in photography that is actually the reason why I started the channel because I wanted to stamp that out or like at least give people somewhere to go where they knew that they weren't going to hear anything like that and like hopefully inspire them and make them want to create more or take that next step so um so it's a tricky one because you know it depends who you are and and it depends what you want and I think people should be allowed to you know do whatever they want with their art um and I don't I don't um, begrudge anybody who wants to be like exhibited or wants to take a very traditional uh, route that's free of social media. Like, I think that's great, you know? Um, But I just ask the same kind of in return, I guess, you know, like putting someone down to put, to prop your thing up just in general is never the way to go, you know? Um, It says more about you than it does about them. Um, But I think, like now in like 2022 like content is content is king like that's what everybody wants you know it's not enough anymore to just be like one thing like you hear so many photographers say like oh you know you have to be able to do video and you have to have some idea of audio um and then you know clients want things edited and then they want this they want that like you know like that's kind of how things are moving Things are moving very quickly and like what we said with the video skills, sometimes I watch, when I do watch normal TV, I think, oh, wow, like I've seen better production on YouTube than, I, than I'm i seeing right now, <laughs> um, you know, which is crazy. Like, uh, or, or I think, oh, wow, like I reckon we could do what they're doing. Like, you know, um, whereas, you know, five years ago, that would seem really far away. So like the goalposts kind of, you know, it is getting like closer to people to be able to do things which is really empowering but also it's putting a lot of pressure on people to be like multi-skilled in a lot of ways and I think um I think content is like so it's kind of bad in that way because it's probably putting a lot of pressure on people and it's taking away just the simplicity of things like just being a photographer there's you know so much talk about like passive income and diversifying your income streams and like all those things you know people have to be doing so many Mm. things to kind of earn a living um and this obviously goes into a a bigger like you know conversation um about the world in general and the state of the world but i think people want more more content you know like people want more stuff on youtube like you got to keep like feeding the Feeding the like machine kind of on YouTube. Like I know I run out of stuff really quickly if I am binging film photography stuff, you know, like I want, and I want more. Um, so, so yeah, I guess sometimes I feel like art is kind of not like dead because that's really over the top. Um, but it's just changed. Like everything changes, you know, um, I I use my dad a lot in the podcast or I've spoken about him before but like I try and explain things to him and he I can just see he struggles so much and he's like he's pretty cool like you know like he likes cool music and you know I got a lot of my stuff from him but he struggles to understand this whole kind of concept of like YouTube and like that's how that's what you want to do for like your job or you're taking photos but then you're sharing them on YouTube and you know like it's just sort of but i i think if he went on there he would find like his niche and his thing that he likes and he'd be sold in like 2 seconds because everybody's got like exact like you can find exactly what you want and exactly what appeals to you and create like your little bubble um you, uh, you know in not very much time so and i think people in like, people in all those areas want more more of that and like more content so i think arts moving more into The content realm probably but I think at the same time it's dangerous because everything is being like monetized and like commodified so hobbies are Mm -hmm. like you know like we hear things like side hustle and all those things um and whilst I'm somebody who finds that really empowering and I really like that and I'm really pushing to try and make YouTube my like you know my career because I really enjoy it and I feel like I'm I'm giving something to people that they want so, if I can keep pushing and try and make this my, like, you know, career, that would be awesome, you know, for, for me and for the people that are watching, you know, and I, before this, had never thought about doing anything with my photography. So, for me, this is really great, but for a lot of other people, that's just not what they want it to be, and I think that's good, and I don't think people should feel pressured to do that if they don't want to, but I think if you want to, now, like, the doors are open, so, like, if you're willing to make some content around your art or include your art in your content or whatever way you want to say it like that's great for you because you've you're given the platforms to do that now so you know like the the um the option is there so yeah I don't really know how to answer like completely because it's like kind of quite hard to answer like it's quite layered but for me there's no issue between the two um and I guess you know it's all very like kind of arbitrary like content like is is what you looked at like you know Diane Arbus's work is that you know is that content like it, you know because it's like something you went and looked at I don't know what the actual t- t- definition of content is um you know um but like like you know the di- like the you know the proper definition but you know is that content or like what separates those two things it's a very interesting um question and art has always been mm. very subjective too. Like what is art? Like you you know, you can do anything and say, Oh, well, that's my art, you know, and people can't argue with you. So it gets a it's a very grey area, you know, and it depends sometimes how yeah. kind of wanky you want to be about it, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting <laughs> that they're both they're both like um they're both like catch-all terms, like they're so broad. Mm. And they can include yeah. so much stuff and different kinds of stuff, like uh, a million different mediums and techniques, and uh, you know, duration, or like it's a it's a firm object that you look at and can walk around, or it's flat, or it's moving, or it's not, or it's it's not even a thing; it's a performance. Like that's kind of what we've been. Um, Uh, taught about in this course that I'm writing the project for, like more like ephemeral kind of immaterial kinds of art, Mm. like performance art and
0: documenting
1: that with photos. Like, is that part of the artwork or is that separate? Like that kind Mm. of thing. Um, Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. And, 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 and another point that I think was interesting in reading about the whole um, so-called white cube museum gallery space is that uh, Mm. there's this book, by a a guy called uh, Brian O'Doherty called Inside the White Cube. And it's it's a book of four essays from the 70s uh, where he basically says that, you know, at the time people think that the white gallery space is like a neutral, uh, you know, a neutral way of showing work. But actually it's it's a context that kind of swallows up the work. Like uh, it gives you the impression of, timelessness and quality and eternity and like as when you show something on a white wall in a white museum space it becomes part of the space in a way like you you kind of think about the all the other art you've seen in similar spaces like that so it's not actually completely independent mm. or free yeah. free of context mm. it's a it's just a it's just a whole system of ideas and assumptions and, Uh, also like ways of behaving like uh, people behave a certain way when they're at the museum because it looks like it used to last time and there they were told to keep quiet or not touch the objects or you know behave in a certain way and it's kind of the same with youtube you know you you you're told to to tell your subscribers you know like comment subscribe and people do one or the other or all three and 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 that's just a a way of behaving that comes with the platform, you know, uh,
0: yeah. In a yeah, kind yeah. of similar so way,
1: like the, the platform yeah. kind of dictates behavior. Uh, you behave differently on Instagram and Twitter than you do on YouTube and mm-hmm. you consume content and ideas differently. Like we are talking about in a podcast than you do in a video, because you kind of expect less cuts and more long winded answers and sentences in a podcast than you would in a YouTube video where there's like jump cuts all the time to make yeah. sure that you get <laughs> you the idea get as quickly ahead. as possible because you're sitting yep. there actively looking at it. So you don't mm-hmm. have all day, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, so I love everything that you've just said is so interesting. Like, especially the, like the, the, the gallery thing, like it shows you how like quickly, um, we're conditioned to like be a certain way or act a certain way like as as humans and I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at with the whole like algorithm thing and you know like you're saying like you say like subscribe you know you're advertising yourself or you're like marketing yourself and we've always done that you know like in some form you know people you know that succeeded often are people who had the audacity to kind of like you know go and you know, show someone their work or, you know, same with musicians and, and all of that, you know. So, um, yeah, that marketing around yourself and having to like plug yourself has always been there. It's just like evolved and changed. And now we have it like, you know, in this really big way where you have to like, you know, literally ask people to like something that you're doing. And so you can spread to more people or whatever. Um, But yeah, I think the gallery thing too, that you said, I'm really interested in this book, I'll have to get a copy and, and read it um, the, the, the gallery, like the museum feels, it feels prestigious. Like when there's a something on the wall, like you kind of assume it's good because it's in a gallery. Mm. Like I know I've even thought that, like I've got, I've sort of like been, been like, Oh, you know, like I go in there with this mindset, like I'm going to absorb like this art, you know, and it must be really good, you know, like maybe I don't know the person's work or maybe, you know, it was like a, a, a smaller show of, you know, people in my, like area or whatever and I've looked at it and instantly thought you know okay yep like I just think oh this is good or like this is deep or this is meaningful because it's like hung up on a wall and somebody's decided that but then I have caught myself before in the past like looking and I'm like kind of like oh I don't think that this is really that great but I feel bad for, for thinking that because I'm like oh but it's in a gallery so mm-hmm. you know like it must be good or like somebody who is sort of you know higher up that makes these decisions thinks it's good and I think that's why I don't like it as much because it feels more yeah like democratic on YouTube because it's like somebody who only had like a thousand views on something like those thousand people might have really liked it at least they still got it out there but like with the exhibitions it's like so few people are going to get that opportunity so yeah like I don't I guess I don't like that sort of equity as much even though there are still issues with you know YouTube like we've talked about in the algorithm and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's an interesting like mindset shift of like what platform we're on digitally or like what space we're in um like I've also been to many shows where there's like free booze and there's the all the photos or the paintings or the drawings are you know blue tack to the walls And it's fun and it's, like, Hmm. a way different vibe to... It's like when you see a band and you see... Like, I've seen bands where I've paid loads of money and I'm like, this is a really good band. And then they're not that great. But I'm, like, kind of made to feel like it's really good because I'm in this big arena or... And I paid a lot of money and this is so-and-so. And And then I can remember, like, shows in people's, you know, houses where it's, like, some band that I haven't never even heard before. They're, like, a local band and they're really good. So you know it's like these but then it makes it better cuz you're surprised you know cuz you didn't expect it to be so good so it's like there's so much going on there to like unpack and like the um yeah like the mindset behind all those things changes or like dictates how you consume something and how you like how how you how you view it um and sometimes i wonder when i'm in those galleries like does everybody else think this is good like you know like I'm not saying it's always bad, but, like, sometimes I'm, like, yeah. you know, this doesn't really speak to me, like, um, so d- does it speak to everyone else or am I the odd one out, like, you know, so.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like um, a very famous Danish fairy tale called The Emperor's New Clothes, you know. Yes. Which is a yep, thing yep. we use all the time when, when you feel like you're the only one who's, like, he's not wearing anything. I mean, there's nothing there. It's not interesting. It's not. Why does everybody think this yep. is good? You know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because they're scared to, you know, admit that they're only saying it's good because that's what everybody else is thinking, you know. So, again, this hive mind psychology stuff is at play. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, exactly. I think that's
0: at the root of, yeah, Yeah. it's at the root of everything. And that's, like, something I'm very interested in and have always been really really interested in in conversations like this. So, like, why I wanted to start the podcast. And we've been talking for, like, over two hours. (laughs) Now it's so long, but... Like, you know, like I literally could go on. Yeah, and like, yeah. <laughs>
1: looking like, <laughs> at the clock. Like.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is this has been like so, um, like this to me is really enriching and I hope that people listening are like, you know, getting uh, a lot out of it because, you know, these are topics I've thought about um, a lot. And I know when I listen to a podcast and people go really deep on stuff like that I've thought about but haven't had that many people to talk to about it, it makes me feel really comforted. and like. You know, I'm so excited to, like, tell my partner when he comes home or, you know, um, like, yeah, just it makes me feel, um, like, really, really, like, nourished and, like, not, like, alone, I guess. So, I think podcasts can be really great um, for that.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, it was also, like, we were talking about before we started recording this project I'm writing. It's only going to be read by, like, the the teacher giving me the grade and maybe, you know, hopefully you – and you know perhaps some of the other youtubers that i'm analyzing in the project and stuff but like the scope is so small so having an opportunity to kind of share the discussion and put it out there i Mm. think is super cool so thank you a lot for that that's oh
0: you're so you're so welcome so welcome um i'm really excited for people to hear this and i think it's great like you say like i'm all about like sharing things more and putting things out there more so um yeah hopefully we get like some good engagement back from this and I think you should definitely if you don't send it I'm sending it to Jason at least I don't know who else you um uh like talk about in the project but I think that anybody who is on YouTube um will find this interesting I think because it's like super relevant and um it is a very like new and like emerging sort of space you know like artistic people on YouTube, you know trying to get their work out there you know and I, I I dare say other youtubers feel like I do where you know you've 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 done videos that haven't done so well, so you're you know you're not going to do that again so you're gonna do the thing that people you know people like, but then there's this thing other thing over here that you really really want to do, but you're not sure and like that whole kind of like juggling of all those things and deciding what to create next and like pleasing you and pleasing the audience and pleasing the uh dreaded algorithm as well i'm sure like yeah people will people will relate for sure
1: yeah that's cool that's cool well i uh i don't have any more questions i thought i was gonna i have to quit halfway through because i wrote quite a lot but uh i'm so thankful that you uh you know wanted to answer them uh i'm curious to see how it's gonna turn up in the project because i'm running out of pages um Mm -hmm. But there's usually always a a pretty lengthy editing, uh, cutting stuff and killing a lot of darlings and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, this is great.
0: So if you're still listening, I really hope you enjoyed that. And it got you thinking for yourself about some of these topics and questions that Christian raised. Christian and I reference two books here, Susan Sontag's On Photography and Inside the White Cube by Brian O'Doherty, so I will link them below for you to check out if you like. Any thoughts on any of this, please email me, lucylumenanalog at gmail.com or DM me over on Instagram, lucy underscore lumen. And also feel free to contact Christian himself. I have left his email in the show notes. He said that that would be okay. So feel free to hit him up if you have any further questions or you want to discuss any of these topics with him. I'm sure he would love that. Um, Thanks for tuning in. I think that this is something quite special that we've got to listen to here. Um, As Christian points out in the chat, a lot of the time these sort of uni projects don't get shared with a lot of people. So I'm hoping that this changes that and um, allows it to spread to more people for them to be able to have their say as well and hear something that maybe they wouldn't um, have otherwise. So, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. If this wasn't your uh, typical episode, um, I really appreciate you sticking around to the end here and sharing your time with me. I have two awesome guests lined up to finish off the first season of the podcast. So, yeah, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.